Hey gang, today on The Novus, I have a conversation with one of the most talented people I have the pleasure to know, writer, actor, and musician, Brantes Pernell. Brantes has been in a number of great bands, including Gravy Train and The Younger Lovers. He was featured in Travis Matthews' feature-length, I Want Your Love, and he created the brilliant Fag School zine. He's also become something of an accomplished choreographer. I have him on ostensibly to talk about his new book, Johnny Would You Love Me If My Dick Were Bigger, which is his brilliant and hilarious quasi-fictional memoir. So without going into all of that in the intro, uh, here is Brontes Pernod. Hi. When I was talking to you a couple hours ago, you had a serious plumbing issue to deal with. Did you get that resolved? Yeah, I like... I live with like I live with like punk rock boys, even though I'm like a man now, and like shit happens, and like now I'm like finally having like like the toilet's clogged, no one will own up to it, so I'm the one that's like, okay, guess I'll go get a snake. I've never snaked a fucking toilet in my life, but I was successful, and now it um it works. <laughs> Congratulations! I have also yeah. snaked it. my life. That sounds like a donkey test. If I can just, like, learn how to build some shelves and shit, I'll be well on my way. You know, one of my proudest dude moments, guy moments, I found this old lamp on the streets of San Francisco. You know, like, there's always treasures untold on the streets of San Francisco. There's this great old lamp from the 30s that had a brown cord coming out of it that somebody had duct taped. <laughs> and I said, well, this will never work. So I took it into uh, that hardware store in the Castro and had some nice lesbian explain to me how to rewire a lamp. And I did it. And I have that lamp for years. I was like, just like, I never like sanded it or did anything else to it that I would need to to make it like really pretty and classy. But I did rewire that sucker. And uh, I'm still patting myself on the back about that. And that was, you know, that was back when there was a different light in Castro. My dick is so hard after hearing that story, and, like, somehow, like, <laughs> my booty hole is wet, too. Like, I don't even know how that happened, like, but it's just, like, I'm just, like, ready, like. I'm a, I'm a real man. I'm a real man. What's up, goddammit? That's right. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk less about me and more about you. Um, you wrote an amazing book that I couldn't put down. And you're like, you'd ask me to like read it and review it. And whenever one of your friends asks you to do something like that, you're always like, what if it's terrible? <laughs> what if it's awful? And I have to say that I'm rarely jealous because, uh, I'm self-involved, but, uh, <laughs> that, that was so good, I was mad at myself for not having written it, even though it's all, like, personal stories from you. It was so good. <laughs> I was worried about it at first, like, because, I don't know, like, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's like a, it's a fake memoir. It's totally a fake memoir. But I was still worried about, like, just, like, I don't know, like, you, you know, sometimes you're just worried about, like, sounding like a crazy person, you know, like. 
Um, well, I mean, <laughs> you are a crazy person. But well, I mean, yeah, like, okay, yeah, like, I don't know, but I just didn't know how, like, you never know, like, because I knew that my friends would get it. Like, I knew, like, people I knew would get it. Because, like, I don't know, like, I feel like it was so specific. Like, it was so specific, but I, I don't know, like, to this day, I'm worried about it getting in the hands of the wrong person that didn't quite have our formative years, you know, like, right. you know, I mean, but also, it's also, like, I don't know, like, it's nothing to be, like, where, like, how would that person even, like, that's the only people, like, reading it, so I'm still, like, I'm happy about that, but I'm also, like, I don't know, I'm happy, I'm, like, yeah, like, I'm happy that you like it, I essentially wrote it for you, so. <laughs> What do you mean you know what you for for me and my kind? I mean. Yeah, like 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 for for us. Like I was like I did this reading in New York, and I never like that book is so it's written like I think it's definitely like a specific snapshot of like the boys who are like coming of age, not like post AIDS, not like post AIDS really, but it's like not all of our friends were dying, but we were definitely like pre prep, you know, like right. Yeah. So it was just like you know what I'm saying, like it was a specific window of like a sexual time and you know, it was like yeah, like I definitely yeah, I definitely wrote it for us. We're actually the same age, aren't we? When did you when were you born? I'm um, nineteen eighty two, I'm thirty three. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 thirty four. I was born in eighty one. Yeah. Our generation got it weird in a bunch of ways, like I remember when a computer appeared in my house. Like, my little brother has never known a time when there was a computer in his house. We grew up gay in that, like, weird time when, like, the cocktail and the antivirals had appeared, and then just everybody stopped talking about AIDS. Like, I don't know how it was for you, but imagine growing up in the South, there wasn't a lot of talk about AIDS, except for, you know, I mean, what was your experience with that? Well, first, I do think we did get it. Well, just, like, talking to, like, I don't know, weirdness of my generation. I've been talking about this a lot, like, with people, like, my age, but I do remember, like, the internet and, like, all that shit, like, they they put computers in my school when I was in, like, 12th grade. But I still remember, like, I was, like, a punk kid, and I used to, like, mail off for records. And, like, you know Hunks from Hunks and His Punks, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, that's, um, essentially, that's how me and him met. He was living in Arizona. And I was living in Alabama, and when we were 16, we met on, like, some Kill Rock Stars mailing list, and me and him, like, would trade, like, zines and records and shit like that, but that's still back when you had to wait for, like, two weeks for records and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, and, like, I don't know, like, now everything's, like, downloadable, but it's, like, I don't, I felt like it's, it's, but it's not, like, people who have instant access to those records have made the world any cooler, like. It's just, like, people have instant access, so it's, like, I feel like people don't identify maybe with subcultures as much anymore or don't have to because, like, they have, like, this vast fucking library. And, like, in terms of, like, I don't know, like, in terms of, like, AIDS or, like, like HIV, like, I feel like I didn't, like, it was just, like, just being gay was, like, such a hard topic. Like, I grew up, like, like I grew up in Triana, Alabama. It was, like, population, like, 450. There were definitely, like, gay men, like, growing up, and there were definitely gay men around. And to an extent, like, you know, like, I cleaned out a lot. Like, everyone knew that I was, like, 
gay or like a fag or whatever, but like that in and of itself was such a kind of like subject that you didn't touch that I felt like like a subject beyond that. Like I knew like HIV existed and I knew like AIDS existed, you know. Of course I knew those things existed, but like I also like I had no idea how good sex felt because I just wasn't having it. You know, like, so therein lied the conflict. And, like, you know, like, it was, like, moving to, like, moving to the Bay Area and, like, having, like, all these, like, older mentors who were just kind of, like, you know, like, I, who, like, this one guy was always specific. He was, like, I don't, I feel really sorry for, like, your generation because it's, like, you knew, like, like, we had this disease just, like, happen to us. Like, we knew what sex was and we knew, we knew what sex was, but then we, then we knew what HIV was. But it's like, you knew what HIV was before you ever even had sex. So it's like, you had this kind of crazy moral choice you had to make. Whereas, like, we didn't have that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really big topic that we kind of, that I really wanted to explore with that book. Um, you? Well, no, fuck out of it. <laughs> and you're so, like, you're, uh, um, you... I, uh, I remember, like, you drop in your, you drop in becoming HIV positive so matter-of-factly. Um, you know, I've been loudly shouting my HIV status from the hilltops pretty much as soon as I got infected because the first couple of times I got rejected for it, you know, like, in somebody's bedroom, <laughs> like, this can never happen again. So I just kind of made it my mission for everybody to know my HIV status, so I would never have that awkward conversation. But I'm not used to people being as, like, here are my balls on the table. All right. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't know, like, I have to say, like, I, um, I just, maybe it's just, like, how you have sex or whatever, like, to this day, like, I'm 33, but I've never had, like, a serious boyfriend, like, so, like, most of the sex I've ever had has always been, like, in, like, parks or, like, bathhouses, like, literally, like, I've, like, dated some people, but, like, I've always had, like, had sex in, like, these really open sexual arenas. Like, I can count on one and a half hands the number of times I've, like, gone home from a bar with a boy to have sex. Like, it just, I don't know, like, I'm just... I don't have that much game, you know? So, like, I guess it's probably just, like, being, like, in all these, like, super open, like, sexual arenas. Like, because if a guy rejects you, you can always just leave the room at Steamworks and, like, go to another room. Like, someone will love you there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> someone. Um, right. And also, like, I just didn't... I know, like, when it first happened, like, when it first happened, I, like, had some, like, freak outs, and I was, like, do some crazy Facebook posts, you know, like, um, and then, like, you know, like, some people would just be like, that's really brave, and then some people will be like, you're an emotional exhibitionist, that's really an indulgent, who gives a fuck if you're whatever, blah, 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 like, <laughs> I don't know, like, so, I don't know, these days I'm like, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like in the middle, you know, like, but then it's also like, I remember this, like, I don't know, maybe it's, like, where I come from, too, because, I mean, obviously, like, yeah, I'm coming from, like, the South or whatever, but I don't know, like, I have a mom that's, like, really cool, and a mom that I can tell anything, and I remember I, like, called her up, and, like, I was, like, I was, like, crying, and I was, like, Mom, I'm, like, HIV positive, and she just kind of, like, she stops, and, like, in this, like, kind of, like, 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 really, like, 
queenish tone. She's like, you don't even know who you caught it from, huh? And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I felt oh. like that girl on her, wait, wait, the girl, you know the girl on Maury Povich that brings, like, nine dads, like, over to, like, <laughs> oh my gosh. See who the child's baby is? Like, no. It's funny. In the case of baby HIV. No. Love. Father. In- inappropriate. Oh god. We are so inappropriate. <laughs> the, um, my mom was always really, like, pretty cool about me being gay. Like, there was a whole phase where she was, like, uh, introducing me to nice girls and like, oh, so and so's daughter's in town. Here's a hundred dollars. Let me take her to the mall. And I was always like in my head, like, oh, I mean, I'll take your hundred dollars and I'll go to the mall with this girl, but we are not having babies together. And then, but when I so selfish. Yeah, we that was that. Um. When I told my mom I was HIV positive, she had that, like, quintessential, like, coming out as gay reactions that, you know, that you see on the TV that you used to, like, do you expect me to be happy about this? Like, she was angry at me. And uh, that was a fucking devastating conversation. I would much, I think, rather my mom had just read me and, like, made fun of me. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. It's like it was a, it was fucking it was fucking it was like yeah um it was yeah I was lucky I was lucky very very lucky. Thank God the mom. Um, do you make it home very often? Uh, yeah, totally. I go home once a year. Back home to Bammer. Fascinating story. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. No more details. We only have so much time. Um I'm leaving for Detroit tomorrow, um, to go spend Thanksgiving with my dude and his family and uh like I'm having that anxiety that you have like right before you go on a trip where there's like your brain just like keeps reminding you that there's Oh, did, did, did you pack that bag? Oh, did, did you remove your pills? Oh, did you? So I'm I'm pacing back and forth and I'm drinking whiskey while I talk to you. No, I know what you mean. I like. No, I'm totally like I'm like the worst when it comes to like preparing and trips and shit. Like, fucking like I like literally like I wait like four hours before I have to leave. I throw all my shit in a bag, even if it's dirty. I'm just like I'll just wash it when I get there. And then, like, I drop some Xanax and then just, like, take a cab to the plane. Like, it's, like, my, like, ritual. Um, so, I used to totally, especially when I was in San Francisco, I used to have, like, that, that exact attitude about things. Until one day I realized that um, I had, you know, I was, God, I was full of in with Stephen and Don. So this was like, eight years ago, and I realized that I had three hours <laughs> to catch my plane, and I had smoked about an eighth of weed, and, uh, like, threw everything into a bag, and was so high in the security line that I started sweating, and they pulled me over, and, like, they did the whole, like, 
Like, they put me in the weird thing that crossed air at me, and they, like, searched everything really thoroughly. And uh, then when I got through, I realized that I had three toes of ecstasy in my bag. Sorry, Mom, or anybody else just listening to this. And um, and started to cry. <laughs> <laughs> you start, wait, you started crying? Yeah, I started crying. Like, out of relief. Like, not out of sorrow. But, like, 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 because they put me through intense security and they totally could have found these three little toes of ecstasy. And that would have fucked my life up for three years. Um, but then I had, like, the counter thought, like, those guys just put me through my paces, and they didn't find these drugs, so what was that all about exactly? And how safe am I on this airplane? Do you yeah. know that one time, it was, like, totally post-9-11, like, it was, like, this band, I was in Panty Raid, and we were, like, flying to Mexico City to play this, like, festival, and, like, in my bag, like, deep down in my bag were three firecrackers, like, that I had flown to Mexico, got through security, flown back into America, got through security, and, like, somehow, like, in, like, the ride back to Oakland, I was looking, like, deep down in my bag, and I totally found, like, these three fucking, like, what are they, like, the little, like, not the ones with the stems, but the ones you just, like, light, like, blackjacks or something? Oh, okay, yeah. It, like, don't you, like, how the fuck did I get firecrackers on a plane? Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? I don't get any of it. definitely don't need to be on an airplane. Either way, like, I don't know. Like, but it's also, like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I do, like, like, it's so, like, I mean, maybe not so much anymore, like, but, like, this definitely feels like Peter Pan land, you know, like, like, I don't know. I feel like everyone I know, like, still parties here, like, way well past the realm of what they should, you know what I mean? Or, like, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that's just, um, like, gay dudes in general, but I don't know, like, it doesn't always feel... I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, uh, I come back now, and, um, I feel, I'm wondering if comforting, you know, um, uh, it's like, that, um, despite all of the weird gentrification and the changes that San Francisco has gone through in the last, you know, five years. Like, it's comforting that, um, that, like, the kids are still just living it up and having a great time in San Francisco. Like, that, like, warms my heart. But at the same time, what are you guys doing besides having a great time? And there's, you know, when I was living in San Francisco, all I did was have a great time. So, like, who the fuck am I to judge or, like, anything? But there's so many talented kids there who just get wasted all the time. And, uh, God, that's not like my mom. Uh, <laughs> this is, you know, like, that old joke, like, like uh, San Francisco's where 22-year-olds 20, go to retire. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, like, uh, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, totally, like, there's, I've definitely, I've definitely, like, in the past couple of years, like, now that I'm in, like, my early 30s, you know, like, sometimes I do, like, wish that, like, like, every time I look up here, you know, like, it's, like, you know, I don't know if it's specific to here, too, because I just feel like queers in general just, like, party way too much, but it's just, like, 
I was in a room one night, right, and this boy, like, dissed me. And he was just, like, because I, like, asked him on a date, and we were in a room full of other dudes, and he was just kind of trying to be, like, bitch, and he was just like, well, Bronte is like, if we're going to date, you would have to go to the gym a little bit more. And I was just like, whoa, okay. But then, like, I was looking around the room at the other guys in the room, and it was, like, a bartender. uh, uh, It was, like, a bartender, drug dealer, drug addict, bartender, drug dealer, tech worker. You know what I mean? Like, it was so scripted. I'm like, who the fuck am I losing weight for? Like, all this husband material? Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And, like, I'm a right. Like, sometimes I wish that, like, there were, like, a few less people who threw parties here and, like, a few more, like, playwrights or, like... Yeah. Dancers yeah. Or, or, like, or, you know, or, like, or, like, you know, like, intense social activists or, like, you know, like, anything. You know what I mean? Like, but then also I know that, like, it's gotten so goddamn expensive, too, that, like, people are just, like, hustling just to do it. So I feel like a lot of times what happens is, too, that, like, at the end of the day, people do just kind of want to go out and do drugs and, like, numb out until they have to go to, like, work again, you know, like, um, I'm lucky, I mean, at this point, like, for however, like, many more months or last I am basically a working artist, and I'm really, like, happy for that, but, like, I don't know, sometimes it feels, it can feel really isolating. Yeah. You know, you know I don't feel like everyone's, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't feel like there's a lot of other people, like, necessarily doing, like, what I do or, I don't know, have my value system around, like, art or, like... You know, I think that, like, you know, especially as, like, San Francisco's, you know, I feel like uh, all of my friends living in San Francisco, one of three things happened. Either um, they were, they are true believers in San Francisco, and they, like, just couldn't exist anywhere else. Um, uh, and or they have, they are financially and politically invested in San Francisco. So they're, like, you know, they're working for the city or, you know, they have a very San Francisco business that they've started. Or they've got priced out and were ambitious enough to leave. You know, like, uh. And it does take ambition to leave. It does take ambition to leave. Or, um, like the third category is like most of the rest of the kids that I know that are there are coasting. They're just coasting. Like, I mean, coasting is the wrong term because they're hustling, you know, because they're now working three jobs just to maintain the apartment that they used to be able to pay for, uh, they're maintaining the same apartment that they used to be able to pay for, like, selling pot treats at the park on Tuesday. Um, so it's not like they're lazy, but they're just kind of still there. And I'm actually a little surprised that you're still there because you're, you're not coping. <laughs> you're writing books and shit. Well, I mean, like, it's a, but just another thing, too, is, like, I mean, I've always, like, lived in Oakland, like, and I've always, like, I think about, I was thinking about the other day, like, how much of my life has been spent living with, like, straight, white, punk boys in Oakland, like, so, like, counter, and you know what I mean? Like, I was never really, like, amongst, like, all the boys in SF. Like, in the 13 years I've lived here, 
I lived in San Francisco for like eight months of the 13 years. You know, I feel like I've always been in like some warehouse like by myself churning shit out. You know what I mean? Like maybe if I had had the, more of the distraction of like there being like a lot more boys around, like I probably like it probably would have looked different. So that's one of that's one of the things. Another thing is like I don't know. Like I feel like everywhere I go, like I feel like in general in America, like things are becoming more expensive. Like like there's definitely like you know, reverse white flight is, like, happening, like, all over the country. Like, kids who I knew, like, in New Orleans, like, they're just, like, you know, like, they used to, like, pay a lot less rent. You know, they're paying more rent, but it affects them more because, like, they, the wage is a little lower there, you know? Like, all my friends in New York are, like, you know, like, bummed out and stressed. Fucking... It's like, sometimes I think, like... Where would I really go, and how would I even, like, save up to get there, you know, like, because I don't know, like, I had, like, a, like I don't know, like, there was this, um, this, this summer, like, I went to New York for a month to see if I wanted to live there, you know, I got back to California, and I was just, like, I was really happy, you know, like, I don't know, like, it's just different, too, like, for me, like, California is, like, such a, like, dream place, you know what I mean, like, because I used to, like, um, well, I had an uncle. My grandmother's brother was, like, a blues musician out here. He would come back to Alabama, and he would always talk about it. So I always thought of it, like, as a destination or, like, my other home. So, mm-hmm. like, even now with all this stuff is happening, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, California just feels, it feels like this place I fought really hard to get to. And plus, I don't know, I just love it so much. I can't really imagine, I can't really imagine where else would feel like home like this. Yeah, but, I mean, I also, like, I don't know, like, the hustle is, like, so real and so scary. Like, even now, like, I remember, like, like, like I live in West Oakland. Like, I remember, like, when the only white people that lived in West Oakland were, like, junkies. You know what I mean? Like, now, it's, like, <laughs> it's total, like, it's total SF tech still over. It's, like, there's, like, $12 wine bars everywhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's getting, like, fancy. Like, every, and, like, every month, like, some, like, artist house I know is, like, getting evicted, and it's just kind of, like, and there's no place, like, once you get evicted, like, where the fuck else are you going to go, like, you know what I mean, and, like, I don't know, so. And this, you know, like, I, like I said, I grew up in San Diego, and my first apartment was in North Park, and I don't know if you've uh, ever spent much time in San Diego, but North Park is, like, kind of immediately adjacent to Hillcrest, which is, like, Uh the gay neighborhood. In, in San Diego. Yeah. But, but when I was a kid, North Park was like, uh, not exactly a war zone, but like, whatever is left when the war is over. Like, the gang violence had died down by the time, you know, like I was ready to go apartment hunting. But, um, like, North Park was just tumbleweeds and liquor stores and cracks in the pavements. And that was Portland. You know, now there's, like, artisanal bars and yoga studios, and, like, there's a mural on every wall, and, like, white dudes are playing soccer. Oh, my God, white boys playing soccer? Where? <laughs> San Diego, land of province. Where do you go? I, mean, I grew up in California, and I love it. And I never felt as at home anywhere as I do in San Francisco. But, like, San Francisco is not 
the San Francisco that I left. And I, I couldn't afford to go back if I wanted to. You know, I mean, if I'm going to pay that much money, I might as well live in New York. But I, 10 days into any trip to New York, and I start having panic attacks because nobody ever sleeps. And I'm like, I just like naps and smoking weed too much. And, and where else the fuck would I live? You know, like, you know, I mean, you know, we're going to go to Detroit soon. And like, it certainly has a, like a, a cachet, like rebuilding Detroit. That sounds like a cool industry. And, uh, New Orleans looks fun, except for everybody I know who lives there drinks twice as much as they did when they lived in San Francisco. And, like, my liver just can't handle that. I don't know, know, like, I I don't know, man. I just, I think, I think, like, I don't know, like, it's a trend. It's, like, definitely, like, you know, it's just, like, upscalery is, like, it's a trend, you know, and it's not going anywhere. And we're definitely going to have to, like, contend with it, you know, like, um... But I, I don't know. I personally, I personally have decided to stay put. A lot of people disagree with my reasonings behind it. Um, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm most, I'm happy here, or I'm as happy here as I'm going to be, like relocating anywhere else. You know, it might change in a couple of years, but I still have found a way to like. The main reason I stay in the Bay Area too is just because like the proximity of it is like just helpful for an artist like me, like. I have a dance company. I write. I have a band. You know what I mean? One thing I knew yeah. that if I moved to New York, I was going to have to pick one, you know, just because, like, the energy isn't so condensed, you know? Like, the energy right. here is really condensed. And, like, my proximity to all those communities are so immediate here. Like, whereas I knew if I moved to L.A. or New York, like, that was immediately going to change. If I moved to someplace like Atlanta or New Orleans, like, I'm not going to find, I mean, I'll look for it, but I don't know if I would find the same type of alternative dance community that I need, like, right. yeah. community. Like, punks are everywhere. You can play in a punk band in any city in the U.S., but, like, I have these other artistic proclivities that kind of, like, glue me to this place in a certain way. So it's like, you know, I don't know. Like, there's these ways in which I feel like I can't really afford to leave, or I can't quite afford to leave yet, you know? Yeah. Like, it would cost me something. It would cost me a very big... I would be giving up a very big thing to leave, you know? Yeah. And there's something about San Francisco that almost encourages you to try everything you want to do, you know? Like, you don't have to say, you know... Like, if you live in L.A., even though, like, I'm a jack of three trades here in L.A., but, like, you know, like, people really want you to be a thing. You know, they want you to, like, uh, they don't like you to split your time. And the way it's built makes it tough to split your time in most places. You're right, San Francisco just has, and the Bay Area just has this, this, uh, this infrastructure of, of, of queer and alternative and punk art happening. Oh, I missed her already. I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm packing my bag. I keep packing my, I keep talking myself in and out of from being in love with Francisco. You, if you really wanted to come back, you could come back. Oh, I know, but I don't really. You know, no, I it's know. just not. It's not. Um, 
not the same. And, um, you know, I came back to LA partially because, you know, my first time around, I, you know, I ended up a, you know, I ended up with, uh, HIV, uh, a drug problem and zero self-esteem. And back, I moved to San Francisco basically to fix myself. And, um, uh, I'm back here, like, cause, you know, like, you kicked my ass last time, Los Angeles, but here I am. I'm going to show you. And and I'm doing that, and it feels great. But that's also, like, that's not a loving relationship. That's a very hostile relationship I have with this town. And I can't go on. <laughs> Damn. Fuck. Jesus. No, man, I get it. Wait. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, you, you said bands. How many bands are you in right now? Um, just one. I've just I've been doing the Younger Lovers, but like, um, I've been doing the Younger Lovers ever since I was in Gravy Train. Actually, towards the tail in the Gravy Train, I was doing the Younger Lovers. But now it's cool. Like we're about to record. We're about to record. Again, we just um. We did a tour up to the Pacific Northwest. It's pretty cool. We go to Europe next year, so it's really fun. And you know, um, speaking of gravy trains, before I even knew you, I had heard, I don't know, I had heard like, like a four-song EP of gravy trains somewhere. My, my, my brain is blanking. But then um, Stephen Quinones, uh, whom, whom you know and love. Um, uh, one of the first times we hung out together, he put on uh, a Gravy Train album. And I fucking loved it. And you came into the bookstore that he and I used to work at together with your zine. And he kind of like whispered who you were. And I felt so fucking starstruck. You know, I was just this like depressed donor kid. And you were making this awesome art. I was uh I was in awe. I was totally in awe. Um being in awe kind of becomes like an everyday sensation in San Francisco. But uh yeah. I, I think that's why so many people move away too, like or like that's like a lot of the rockers I know a lot of the rockers I know like move to to like LA. You know what I mean? Or like New York. Because that town is, like, too small to ever actually, like... Because a lot of people will say that sometimes, but it's, like, it's really hard to feel that way or, like... Uh, you know what I mean? Because it's just, like, you see everybody all the time. Like, you see so many people that it's just, like... You're so, like, part of the community. Like, tonight, like, there's, like... In Oakland, like, they have, like, this new, like, Radical Fairy House, and it's, like, a couple blocks away, and it's, like... I don't know, like... It's it's really great. They have like a Monday night pot potluck and like I don't know. Like sometimes there'll be people there to say like, oh yeah, the first time I saw you, you were like drunk and naked on stage. Like you stage dive. My friend fingered you. Like it was so fun. Like and I'll just be like, oh wow, like that's crazy. Like you know what I mean? Like because it's also be like something that I like. I don't know. Like see at the coffee shop every day or. But I like I like that type of thing. You know what I mean? Like um, oh, I love it. It's, you know, I think, you know, I'm, there's a, there's a basic Californianist, like a, like a gold, I would call it like a golden state of mind. It's like California way of living life. 
but it takes a very different, you know, like in, like in, uh, uh, Los Angeles, that California way of life is all about coming here and pursuing your dream and like just being like a shining star, you know, like being, like becoming famous, becoming like your own mythological creature. Whereas San Francisco is about leaving wherever you were from. And it's almost the opposite in result, though, because instead of, like, becoming this, uh, this, this, this lonely mythological, like, like this zodiac sign in the sky, you find a batch of weirdos who get your weirdness. And, um, it's community. It's like community versus celebrity. No, oh, yeah, like, yeah, for, yeah, for sure, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, well, it kind of like changes the whole nature of like, the whole like, I don't know, like, I don't know, audience versus whatever. Like, I don't know, I feel like my life has always been just like really real. Like, I'm like, I'm a really real bitch. Like, even like back in the height of like, you know, like my indie rock days, like I've never like just hung out in the dressing room. Like, I was always on the dance floor. Like, I wanted to meet people. Like, there's so many, like, there's, like, guys who have been in my circle for, like, eight or nine years who just this year are just, like, yeah, the first time we met, like, you gave me a blowjob at a gravy training show, like, don't you remember? And I'm just, like, honey, I don't remember anything from those days, like. <laughs> but seriously, it's, like, it's been, like, eight people that have said, like, something to that effect that, like, we made out or whatever, you know what I mean? But I don't know, it, like, it, it goes... I think it goes farther if just, like, if, like, people you know and people you see down the street actually become, like, the community and family, you know what I mean? And there's not, like, some huge hierarchical division or something, you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty in love with that idea, you know? Um, plus, I mean, no matter where I moved, it would always be like that with me anyway. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm definitely, like, I've always been that girl, like, I'm down to flirt, I'm down to say what's up, come hug me, touch me, love me, please. Every time you compliment me, it erases the time a bully kicked my ass. Fucking, <laughs> come hug me, I'll compliment you too, like, you know what I'm saying? <sighs> fucking uh, big old fucking love puddle over here, dude, let's work it out. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure you can have both. You know, like, you can't have the, uh, like, celebrity required distance that, um, uh, I'm glad, you know, like, you don't, nobody moves to San Francisco and hopes they'll be famous one day. You know, like, that's not why anybody goes there. You go there because it's full of weirdos and you want to feel, like, a sense of comfort or togetherness that you've never felt before. Like, uh, it's, you know, it, it is structurally difficult to maintain community here. Um, you know, I, I, half of my friends have left San Francisco for Los Angeles, and I see them rarely, all of them. Uh, you know, even my closest friends, like Cindy and Animal, I see maybe once a month, if I'm lucky. I see Animal a little bit more than that. But it's just like, little, you know, everybody drives here. Fucking isolating. Huh. I've always, yeah, I've always thought that might, that might be a big, you know, that might be a big parameter. 
But I oh, secretly think well. that like one, uh, just I just secretly think one big earthquake, and like all of those tech kids are gonna, <laughs> they're gonna flee, and then rent will be cheap again. We'll be able to get luxury condos in the sky for pennies on the dollar. It'll be awesome. It's gonna be like Detroit. It'll be fantastic. No way. They're just gonna make apps to like where the secret can like this. Fucking the city's gonna like like secretly repair itself. You just push something on a fucking computer screen and like it takes away cracks in the sidewalk. I hope that's where it goes. I don't know. I mean, fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm not no. I'm not as hard on the tech kids as a lot of my friends. Like they just wanna live in a fun place and like, you know, make apps. That's not what's wrong with that. Not their fault for gentrifying everything. <laughs> but sometimes I was like sitting there like thinking about it like and I know like everyone's like oh I'm so tired of people bitching about rent and blah 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 but like I don't know it's my favorite thing to bitch about I don't understand like how like doesn't Twitter seem like the type of thing that can be run from a basement somewhere in Nebraska like I don't understand like how a whole neighborhood gets cleared out so people can like tweet pictures of their food or whatever you know what I mean like doesn't it seem like <laughs> Because it's, like, it's one of those things, too, that, like, I've never really questioned the Internet until now, but, like, the Internet is actually, it strangely is kind of like this finite thing, you know? Like, it seems, like, kind of finite. I don't, I don't, I don't get, like, the, the structure, like, the structure of how, like, how, like, everything changed, you know? But, I don't know. But I'm sure, like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure if we wait again, it'll be something else different, you know what I mean, like, I don't, I don't see myself moving back to Alabama ever. Well, no. (laughs) Why did you do that? (laughs) Uh, You know what I mean, like, I don't know, like, it's like, part of me is just like, Uh, I don't have that fear that they might have to move back home one day, you know, like. Yeah. I don't know, if that day ever comes, like, see how available my couch is, because. I miss you all the time, dude. Like, kind of melancholy wisdom about you with, like, a smile on your face while it was happening. Like, you could see through everybody's bullshit. You knew exactly what was going on. I always felt seen by you. This is um, the proper term. Um, I remember I asked you why when you, like, told me that you wrote a book. I said, why didn't I write a book? And you said, because you had boyfriends. And I said, that feels like a read against both of us. And <laughs> it was. It was true, but, like, I'm just having you around. Man, I'm here. Here I am. I always am. Plus, like, what? yeah, like, you're you're nice to me, so I'm not going away. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to wish you had been mean to me, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Please don't. I'm very fond of you. Now I do have to get ready for the potluck, though, I think. All right, well, go get ready for your party. Um, I love you. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Um, I'm, I will do a, a, a whole bunch of go by Gonzalez's book things <laughs> after the interview ends. So you can go get ready for your pop clubs. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, just call me if you need anything, and like, yeah, let me know when you get back to town. I will, okay. Alright, I love you, babe. I love you, babe. I love you, babe. I love you, babe. I love you, babe.
there you are. Um, I hope you homos enjoyed my conversation with Brontes. You can find the Younger Lovers on both Facebook and MySpace with their internal search engines. People use MySpace for bands, I'm told. Um, uh, he says like a grandpa. And you can find his book, Johnny Would You Love Me If My Dick Were Bigger, on lastgasp.com. Just go to lastgasp.com, L-A-S-T-G-A-S-P.com, and search for Johnny Would You Love Me. Until next time. Yeah.